Do you struggle with finding clothes that feel good? Or do you hate picking out your clothes to wear for the day? Well, today we are meeting a fashion therapist who combines fashion and style with healing and transformation. And with her experience in social work, trauma healing, emotional intelligence, and fashion, she supports people's journeys in discovering their own personal style because she believes that when you feel comfortable and powerful in what you're wearing, it leads to feeling confident and powerful in all of the spaces in your life. So today, you get to start to see yourself in a new light, starting in your own closet. We have to get dressed every day, so we might as well enjoy it. And if you're ready to move from surviving to thriving, head on over to empowerededucator.com slash thrive and sign up for the five-week online course that will change the game for how you show up both at work and at home. Feel less stress and more ease, less pressure and more calm, less frustration and more joy. It is time to thrive. So go to empowerededucator.com slash thrive. Remember all the passion and vision you had when you first went into teaching? Feeling like building young minds and creating community through your work would make a lasting impact on this world? Well, those days may feel like they're behind you now because you're exhausted, stressed, and overwhelmed, and frustrated, but I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be like this. In fact, the love of teaching never really went away, but it absolutely needs transformation. Welcome to the Take Notes Podcast. I'm Jen Rafferty, former music teacher, mom of two, and certified emotional intelligence practitioner. And I'm here to light the way for you. In order to create a generational change for our kids, we need to shift the paradigm away from the perpetual stress and overwhelm and into a life of joy and fulfillment. This is Education 2.0, where you become the priority shift how you live your life and how you show up both at work and at home. So take a sip of steamy morning coffee and grab your notebook. It's time to take notes. Hello and welcome back to Take Notes. I am here with an incredible guest and I cannot wait to start this conversation so you can hear all about her and the work that she's doing. This is Marisol Collette, the fashion therapist. Marisol is a personal stylist and psychotherapist who has married her expertise in both fashion and personal identity with her decade plus long career working and teaching in the field of trauma healing. She engages clients from the heart, helping clients define and refine their personal style to create life changing results. And Marisol believes that feeling comfortable and powerful in what you wear leads to feeling comfortable and powerful in everything you do. Her background as a therapist has allowed her to bring a level of consciousness that is not incorporated into traditional styling and ultimately helping align your style to your soul. Marisol, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's such an honor to be here with you. It's so fun to get to spend this time with you because I love spending time with you. Yes, same. So Marisol and I met because I was actually a client of hers when I was kind of going through my transformation from educator to entrepreneur and not just in my career, but there were a lot of personal things that were going on with me. I was shifting my identities and 
talking with you has been an unexpected change for me in how I show up, even just how I get dressed in the morning. So this is kind of a nod to that and my gratitude to you in Mm. my experience with what you do. Thank you for sharing. Well, thank you. So I would love to know more about your story of how you came through the land of therapy to fashion and how and why you ended up marrying those two. Yeah. Thanks for asking. So I have always loved the idea of getting paid to support and help people. That led me right into the world of social work as undergrad at college. And then I went on to grad school at Columbia in New York City. It was an easy degree because it felt like I got to give love out into the world and the benefit was that people felt the love and they had growth and transformation. It was a win-win situation. At the same time, I grew up in a family of artists. I was really supported in the world of fashion. My parents are painters and graphic designers. We had singers and pianists and other musicians in my family, actors. So I grew up in that whole world. So when I was doing social work, it felt like I was leaving a part of myself behind. And so what I started to do is I started to offer my friends what I call my closet transformation for fun and for free. I'd say, let's have dinner together. You can make dinner and I'll go through your closet and help you essentially rework what you already have there. So look at it in a new light. I have my tagline is see yourself in a new light. So it's like taking what you have and totally seeing it as a new version of you and reorganizing things and putting them together in new ways. People would say to me, similar to what you said, I'm getting so much more out of this than I ever thought. Something about me is transforming in a way that I hadn't imagined based on just looking and playing dress up with you, looking at our clothes and playing dress up. And I think that that's the key to what I eventually created my business out of, which is that I'm keeping the therapist, right? I'm keeping the part of me that loves to support people in their healing and growth, believes that transformation is possible for all of us, and also feeling like it's my natural inclination to do it kind of through the back door, the side door of fun. So being best girlfriends, playing dress up, having a good time being in your body, if that's not something you've experienced before, basically loving and celebrating my clients in the way that they look and feel in what they wear. And so when I built my business, honestly, it was to make my job more fun and then in turn continue to support people through their transformations. So in 2015, I left a federal government job where I was just doing a social work. And I created this business and slowly and slowly it's grown. I have a private practice where I still do trauma healing. I quit teaching in the field of trauma healing so that I could make more space for the work that I do. And now I support people both in one-on-one settings. And I do this with people across the globe. I mean, you and I don't live in the same city and you've traveled and we've talked and you've been in other places and your people that you spend your time with are in other places. So I can do all of the work from afar. I travel for some of my clients and then I do branding photo shoot styling, which is where you and I originally met. So it was the first thing that we did together. And it's so much fun. I mean, you and I had a great time. I was not expecting the great time that I was about to embark on. <laughs> because to me, when I hear you speaking about clothes and bodies, fun and loving and celebrating was not words that 
came to mind at the start of our journey together. And I still get choked up even just saying those words because it's so raw and it's so real for so many people. So for someone who might not be experiencing the fun and the joy and the love about their bodies, how do you go about even just starting to have that conversation with somebody? Yeah. Through my training as a therapist, one of the models that I used was a positive reinforcement model. And what it isn't is it isn't a Pollyanna approach. It isn't a love and light, everything's fine approach, ignoring what doesn't feel good or what's wrong, but it's really focusing our attention on the felt sense of what is going well in our body. We have a natural tendency towards healing, growth, and transformation, but often we have this negativity bias where we're focused on what's not going well. So it's like the attention to the negative or what's wrong, the what's wrong attention is what my, one of my mentors in organic intelligence, Steve Hoskinson would always say the what's wrong attention. And, you know, the world really supports that capitalism says you need this, you need that. You're not enough till you have this and that we do a lot of comparisons. There's a lot of comparisons with Hollywood and famous people, et cetera, some unattainable standards and the patriarchy, right? It all sets us up as in particular women, but men too, like nobody is actually thriving under the patriarchy. Everybody feels at a disadvantage. And, you know, I'm coming at it from a completely different approach of like, let's look at what's going well. Let's easily connect in with those parts and celebrate the parts of you that are lovely and good and wonderful just as you are. Again, I said, I become your best girlfriend. Like, think about that. Think about your best friend and think about how they treat you. And they think the world of you. They're your fan club, your biggest fan. And I become your biggest fan. I think that that is just kind of a framework for what I do is so valuable because People are just not used to getting that kind of love and it's not easy, but I'm also doing therapy on the side, listening in ways that other people aren't listening. So it's not a what to wear or what not to wear kind of program, because most importantly, those kinds of things don't stick. If I were to just tell you what to wear and it had no resonance or alignment with who you were, I mean, you trash it at the end of the day, or you just wouldn't feel as good in it. And secondly, the what to wear or what not to wear is such a shame-based kind of mentality. It's like there were probably things that you chose, like there were things that I helped choose for you, things that you brought to the table, and then things that we sort of met in the middle about, things that were really meaningful to you that I would support you in finding the best version of, because I know that you know yourself better than anybody else. So instilling that trust in you and supporting you in what you've already got on the table is only going to make it better for you. And we do this benign neglect of all that negative self-talk. Like I'm not listening, I'm hearing you say it, and I'm going to turn us in a different direction. Yeah. And you need someone on the outside to help you through that because when you're in it, you don't see it the same way, which is why I think having someone, a coach, a stylist, a therapist, or whatever arena you're going to, there's a team for <laughs> you know all of us kind of elevating each other up. We can't do this by ourselves. And I think something that was really interesting, at least my experience in working with you and, and what I know about your work is creating a space where that self-love becomes habitual. Your outsides match your insides. 
Yeah. So what you're talking about is the retraining of the brain. So a lot of people don't take risks with what they wear because it feels foreign. And things that feel foreign feel like they take a lot of effort and a lot of risk and vulnerability. So in this process, we practice doing a lot of things together. We tried on clothes together on Zoom. You showed me what things actually looked like. You took pictures of yourself and we were able to kind of talk about like what feels good and what doesn't feel good. So to the piece about the alignment is when your style is aligned to your soul, which again is another tagline that I have that you mentioned, then the resonance is there and it doesn't feel like you're an imposter. It doesn't feel like you're wearing something that's not you. So it just feels like it becomes part of you. And sometimes there's a practice with that because with you, for example, you were making big pivots in your life. So we were actually focused on representing the who that you were and who you were becoming. So there was definitely a stepping into that that probably had a little bit of an edge, but we take baby steps and we work together. And like you said, I mean, in the field of education, collaboration is key. Nobody is doing this alone. You are weaving of colleagues and companions in this world, supporting one another to lift each other up. And similarly, it's not vain. It's not self-indulgent. It's not over the top or ridiculous to have a stylist. It's just my job to support you in feeling more like yourself. And that can be really hard to get to when we're standing alone in a dressing room feeling like shit about how we look and feel. Yeah. And I'm so glad you use those words because there is a lot of consideration of being vain or self-indulgent or too much or too over the top. And so many people and women especially like judge that part of them down. And then we end up making decisions that are in July and that make us feel frumpy or dumpy and not excited about doing these things because we think of them as extras and as sprinkles. And what I really like about what you're saying is that this is kind of fundamental to how you show up. Yes. We have to get dressed every day, right? So we might as well enjoy getting dressed. I also think about there's a little bit of a similarity with educators and social workers, right? The going into these professions that are heart-led, that are of service to others. It can feel like the most important thing about our work, which it is, is about that service to others, is about how we support others. But I know that you're also teaching people how to support themselves, how to have strength in themselves so that they actually have the energy and the capacity to do this work of service in a long range capacity. I also think about how it's a little flipped on its head, in my opinion, that we would think of ourselves last or think about not elevating ourselves to the highest version of ourselves because it's this humbleness that gets really a really attached sense of humble. I mean, I know I'm not saying that exactly right, but I know that folks sure, are it's, it's a humility where it's we can't brag, we can't be too much, we're of service. So there's this meager or meekness, uh, I think, yeah. that belongs to it. It happens. And it's important also to consider the context. We don't want to be super flashy when we're working with. There's like lots of communities of people that we want to kind of resonate with and we don't necessarily want to separate ourselves from too much. But the thing that you read in my bio that says we dress in a way that makes us feel comfortable and powerful, or I say comfortable and confident so that we can feel comfortable and powerful or comfortable and confident in everything we do, it's only going to enhance how we show up in the world. It's only going to make that feel like a better experience. A hundred percent. You're right. That is exactly the fundamental principle of Empowered Educator is 
the most generous thing you can do for other people is take care of yourself because if feeling dumpy, <laughs> you're showing up dumpy. You know, if you're feeling crappy, you're showing up crappy. And it's so important that we consider what we're wearing, not just how other people see us, but by how we're feeling on the inside. And I think that's the thing that's so interesting about your work and how it's different from the mainstream fashion. It's not about outside looking in, it's inside looking out. Yeah, which means that when I meet a new client, it is a complete mystery to me. It's an opportunity to humble myself to the fact that I'm not going to know what's going to come out of our time together. You were in a cohort of a couple of other women who were working on branding photo shoots, and every single person's imagery looked so different. And they picked locations, photographers, color schemes, and clothing that were specifically aligned to the work that they do and to who they are as a person. So when I show up with somebody, it's not about like, all right, we're working towards that Chanel bag. We're going to get those name brand clothes. We're going to do all this stuff because you quote unquote deserve it. It's like, no, I'm actually really interested in who you are. And then we're going to reverse engineer this. And so I help people with that question. Like, who are you? Who are you becoming? That's where some of the therapy plays a part, right? To really get into that deeper exploration. And then we reverse engineer it to find clothes that align with that. I'm always finding new brands and clothes and stuff to align with my clients' individual needs and preferences. You know, and especially as we do back-to-school shopping, right? A lot of what I'm hearing with the people who talk to me about their clothes moving forward is budget. And they're like, oh, I still haven't gotten rid of this COVID weight and I can't fit into my jeans that I used to fit into and I don't feel good anymore. So I'm going to buy these really super cheap, ugly things because I'm not planning on wearing them for very long. And so, you know, with those kinds of narratives, I would love for you to speak a little bit to how do we change our mindset about this in a way that's practical, where someone listening right now could be like, okay, that's something I can do today. Yeah. I actually have worked with a number of educators going back to school, like just in the past month or so because of the timing of that. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But budget is a great consideration, right? I can shop with folks in resale stores, so consignment. I can shop with people at Goodwill. There's a lot of brands out there that are actually high quality, but are working towards affordability and accessibility. I can work with people who are looking for ethical, sustainable clothing or issues around human rights. I mean, there's a lot of places that we can go based on people's values and needs. And what was my newsletter this past week or the one that's coming out next week? I can't remember. It's like something about... Like you can't wait for it. I wish I could remember off the top of my head. I just wrote it the other day. It was like the concept of waiting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a client who said to me, it was the most brilliant thing. She said, we can't call today a problem. And I mean, I had this like pause and just take in what that meant. We can't call today a problem. And she was referencing a lot of physical changes that she's had in her life that led her to her work with me. Because I was asking her, I was like, so as we begin our work together, which is going to be over a long period of time, what do I need to know about your body and about the changes that you've made? And are you making more changes? And she's like, I am exactly where I am today. And I've come to believe and to understand that I can't call today a problem. So this is who I am today. It was this just like matter of fact, incredible acceptance, lovely perspective on the world and on ourselves. And so we're buying clothes for her today body and we're investing in those so that you're right. We're not waiting. I mean, everybody knows like we don't know what we're going to get tomorrow or if we're going to get tomorrow. 
And that's so hard to live into because we're so consumed with the fact that I'm going to make a change. I'm going to make a change next week, next year, whatever. Well, like, let's hope that we have that. I am a big proponent of being in your body right now. I also understand that practically speaking, people are changing in two ways. One, physically, because people have done a lot of shape-shifting during the COVID time. So they're physically changing, right? And also, we are not the same people that we went into 2020 being. I mean... In so many ways, there's been a lot of political movement. There's been a lot of racial social justice movement. There's just been a lot of coming to terms with like people are reprioritizing their lives, making big changes, falling in love, getting divorced, like making changes in their lives that they're like, holy crap, I was holding on to this and waiting for this. And now COVID really ignited the fire underneath me to make these changes. So a lot of people are dressing in new ways because they're letting go of their old self. And they are still evolving and it's okay to buy clothes for your today body and your today personality. I'm so glad you said that because that was part of my transformation also was I had gotten divorced when COVID hit (laughs) and I looked in my closet of just all this evidence of old me. And so I physically felt something stagnant about putting on those same clothes. And I felt this need to just redo my closet because I wasn't that person anymore. And you're right. There are so many changes and movements and moments where we have an opportunity to grow and change our identities, shape shift or what have you. And the things that are in your closet can be a reflection of that and where you're going. That's right. I mean, you and I, it's not even been a full year since we worked together. And the first experience that we had together was one version of you. And then you got a second opportunity that's catapulting you into yet another layer of your existence as an entrepreneur and in this field. And so when we talked the second time, I mean, we kind of went back to square one. I'm like, all right, describe who you are today. Describe where you're going. And we're elevating even more. Like I can see the subtle differences from, you know, and that was the first time we worked together was a big change. But I can see the subtle differences that are happening now. And I imagine if we continue to work together over the years, as you continue to grow and have success, it's just going to keep evolving. But we're not going to projectile you out into the ethers of like some version of yourself that is really yet to arrive. But we're also not going to stay in a stagnant place. We're going to move forward. Yeah. And like what you said there too, about just this next level version of yourself, just on the outskirts of where you are now, and then moving out and then moving out and then moving out. In some of my work, I do a lot of visualization with teachers and school leaders, we talk about that version, whether it's a year from now or five years from now or 10 years from now. And connecting to that person allows you, I think, some sort of permission or safety for you to step into that now. And a part of that is how you're feeling in the things that you're wearing. It's such a leap of faith. And so when people buy things, you know, every time I shop with people, I let them pick out a couple of comfortable items, like kind of something that they would be drawn to naturally, but has a little bit of a difference, right? So it's like things that are still somewhat within their comfort zone. Then we stretch in a way they're like, oh my gosh, I never would have picked this, but I love it. And then we usually end up with a couple of pieces that are really at the edge of their comfort zone. And they're like, I don't know. And my favorite thing is get these report backs of like, that was the first thing I was drawn to. I wore it within a week of buying it. I feel really great. And how quickly we can grow when we actually do that. Like what you're talking about, we visualize out if it's a week, if it's a month, if it's a year, if it's five or 10 years, we're visualizing out 
And we're making the choice to step into some of those habits and behaviors now, which then leads us to support the change happening at a clip, really. Oh, it's so powerful. So with that, I would love to know a little bit more about when someone calls you and says, hey, it's back to school. I want to kind of have a little bit of a facelift for my closet. What processes that look like? I mean, you talked a little bit about picking some things that you like and picking some things that your client likes. So what is that process? So I work with folks individually in two different capacities. And occasionally I'll do these a la carte. But what I find is that to break them down a la carte sometimes works for people's budget and also doesn't necessarily have the full effect. So the full effect would be that I would start with a hefty 90-minute discussion about who they are, who they're becoming, what they like and don't like about their wardrobe, really that therapeutic element so that we can connect with each other so I can fully understand the client who I'm working with. So it's like journal prompts and things like that, that they can also really reflect on what they want to get out of this. That's again, where I am most in that therapeutic role. And then I want to go through their closet. So if it's on Zoom or in person, I want to be looking at the clothes in their closet because people have amazing things. And our intuition is better than we often give credit for. We think that we have nothing, right? Like I hate everything, but my eye is to see where we can utilize some of the stuff that we have. So maybe it's just a couple of pieces to go with that thing, or maybe it's actually taking two things from opposite ends of the closet and putting them together. But in some way, transforming your closet and then getting a sense of what we actually do need to get. And then that's the shopping together process. So that's like a, what I call like my quick one month transformation. And then I have a three to six month program where you can work with me on a longer term basis. And that's where I really deep dive into becoming your best girlfriend. We Marco Polo and Voxer, and we're talking all the time so that we are doing that retraining of the brain on a consistent basis, like habits really get stuck into place with that ongoing communication. Absolutely. And that ultimately you want to enjoy getting dressed in the morning because you get up, you get your coffee, you brush your teeth, and then you get dressed. And if that first part of your day sucks, like how are you then showing up to the next thing that you're doing, either an interaction with your partner or your kids or on the way to work and how you show up with the people there? That makes all the difference. I think it's as essential as eating breakfast. I agree with you. It's whatever it is that you do in the morning to get your day started is extremely essential to how your day goes. I mean, the first, what is it? Uh, Robin Sharma says like the first 20 minutes dictates the next 20 hours or something. I feel like I completely made that up, but he does have have a 20, 20, 20 rule of like 20 minutes of journaling, 20 minutes of meditation and 20 minutes of exercise to like set yourself up for success. So um, Robin Sharma, if you take that and run with it, I'll take some of the, what do you call it? The kickbacks or whatever. (laughs) So agreed. And I think that people just bypass this part all the time. They pull the clothes off the back of the chair that they wore the day before. They just pull out the same thing they've always worn in their closet. They bypass that part because we've really been trained to think it's extremely vain. It's again, self-indulgent. It's like, who do I think I am? I don't want to be seen. I'm afraid to be seen. I don't want to be too much. All of those things. It's like, okay, well, what a missed opportunity. I mean, what we wear is so essential to who we are in the same way that how we choose to eat or who we choose to love. Yeah. Everything that we consume. But you know, this piece about 
clothing and fashion is, like you said, so undervalued, which is why I'm so grateful that you want to have this conversation because having someone like you in front of an audience of educators, I think is unheard of. We don't, we don't talk about it. That what we're wearing is so at the bottom of the conversations because of all of these other things that we put on top. But in looking at it in, in what you just said, this could really change your trajectory for your day, for how you're having interactions with people throughout the day, and ultimately how you feel about yourself. It is also a teaching moment. So when people see me dressed in alignment with who I am, they can see that, right? Like whether I'm wearing something casual or something way out there, far out there, right? People are like, wow, that looks so amazing on you. And there's something that they want about that. They don't want my clothes. They don't want to be me. There's something that they want about that for themselves. And it's really compelling. And I think that when, in the same way that I know that you're teaching your teachers and educators across the board, that what they do is, you know, I mean, you're the example for the people you're teaching, right? So if we aren't taking care of ourselves and the, the students are not learning to take care of themselves. This same thing is like you can really inspire people to be their own individual self. And I know that so many educators are watching, especially at certain ages, like kids try to step in line with their peers and really the homogeny being the end goal and that them losing parts of themselves because they don't want to be outcast or different. And so this is really an opportunity to reclaim the parts of ourselves that are different than others while also being so much more whole in the process. I'm so glad you said all of that. That resonates so much because at the end of the day, it's not about looking good. It's about looking aligned Mm. and again, matching those insides and outsides, which then make you emit a different emotional and energetic frequency that creates this magnetism that you were talking about that your clients see in you. That's huge. And if you model that for your kids, whoa, that's a game changer. It's amazing. Yeah. All of it, everything you're teaching, anything that I'm teaching, all of it, anything in the realm of like self-love, self-compassion, self-forgiveness, self-care. I mean, it's all truly the best thing we can do for ourselves, but it really is the best thing we can do for others. If there's this line, when I take care of myself, everyone wins. To think about that, like everyone wins because we're so afraid to take care of ourselves because we think it's going to detract from the work that we do or the way that how we can support or serve others. And it's like, when I take care of myself, everybody wins. Like if you could believe that across the board, I just like, I can't imagine not wanting to go at it from that way, as opposed to when I don't take care of myself, potentially everybody loses. Like I lose and I make myself less available to my students and clients. They lose out an opportunity to see me living my best life. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I think if anyone takes anything from this podcast today, (laughs) it is that when I take care of myself, everybody wins. That is it. That's the fundamental principle. And I think you might have just described this, but I'm wondering if there is more there. I ask this question to everybody who comes on as far as your dream for the future of education, knowing that, you know, this is an audience of educators. What is your dream? I have a lot of dreams for educators. As we know, there's just a lot of inequity across the board around pay, around hours worked, around people showing up. Like there's a lot going on that we need to change as a system and that individuals need to participate in changing for themselves. 
but I'll just talk about style, right? So I shopped recently with two teachers. One works in higher ed um, doing fundraising and one works with, she's going to kill me if she hears this, fourth graders. She's an art teacher. And both of these women were going through the clothes and I'm saying like, look at this one on the hanger. They're like, I don't know. I've never seen anything like that. I never would have picked something like that. They put it on and it fits like a glove. It's cut from a color perspective. It's really aligned with their colors and it feels so much like themselves. And then they're living into the truth of who they are. And it's a huge transformation. And I, from a style perspective, I want everybody to know that they can show up as their best self feeling good and looking good in what they wear and that that will actually lead them to do their best work and that that both can be true. They are not mutually exclusive. It is not a give or take that you can have it all. Like you can actually have it all and that you're a babe, whether you're a man or a woman or on the gender, anywhere else on the gender spectrum, like you're a babe and you deserve to be so whole in your babeliness, babeliness. And I see the beauty in everybody that I work with. It's so easy to see and it's really hard sometimes for us to see it for ourselves. So I just shine that light and I don't know. The idea that people could love themselves more, thus making this a more loving world. I mean, that's what chokes me up. And what a beautiful example for our next generation. It's just like, you are the new sexy. Like wherever you are right now, like that's it. That's it. And owning that is part of that beautiful self-love. And yeah, that's how we elevate humanity. We love ourselves. That's right. And I'll just say, my I kind of mentioned this before, but like we got to dismantle some systems and structures, right? We got to dismantle the patriarchy. We got to dismantle the way that capitalism really runs and rules our lives. We've got to dismantle lots of oppression that is in this world racially, socially, etc. And the only way to do it is to fight against the norm and not in a way that's aggressive, hateful, or in necessarily in like high conflict with other people, but to stop being in conflict with ourselves. That's it. This is how we do it. And it's sometimes quiet, but powerful. Mm -hmm. Just show up. Look good. Show up. Yes. Oh, this has been spectacular. And I'm so grateful that you wanted to spend your time with me today and with everyone listening. So for those people who are interested in your work and want to know more about you and how to work with you, where can they find you? So you can find me. My website is soulreflection.com. And that's S-O-L. That's the last part of my name. So soulreflection, singular, not plural.com. And then you can find me on Instagram at soulreflection. I do a lot of really fun stuff that's just entertaining and cute there. I also have a Facebook page that's soulreflection at soulreflection. On my website and in my link tree and the bio of my Instagram are places where you can sign up for a free 20-minute consultation with me. Also, both those places have freebies. I have a free five-day hashtag stretch your style simply challenge, which is part of that retraining of the brain. It's where we make small changes every day for five days just to kind of notice how you feel without having to completely upend your wardrobe, but just adding one thing every day that makes you feel a little different. It's very subtle, but it's very powerful. I also have a free self-guided closet inventory. So it's you taking everything out of your closet and doing your own inventory, which is somewhat similar to my closet transformation. You do it without my eye, but it definitely helps you see your closet in a new light as well. So lots of freebies. My newsletter is a great place to get free information and yeah, free consultation. And we can see where we go from there. 
Yes, highly recommend. And your Instagram is always so fun (laughs) and colorful and energetic and exciting. So definitely follow Marisol there. Thank you again. This has been absolutely spectacular. I so appreciate the work that you do in this world. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much. You too, babe. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So if you liked today's episode, go ahead and leave a five-star review and we will see you next time on Take Notes. Incredible, right? Together, we can revolutionize the face of education. It's all possible and it's all here for you right now. Let's keep the conversation going at Empowered Educator Faculty Room on Facebook.